Today, since it's Father's Day, I want to talk to you about leaving a legacy. And I'm not just talking to the fathers, I'm talking to everybody. Um, but uh, I want to talk about that today. Everybody, I think, feels like deep down inside they want to leave a legacy, uh, that their life counts. They want to make sure that their, their, their life matters and that, that we've left our mark somehow in this world, um, passing through life. And I believe God wants us to uh, leave a legacy. And really, truth be told, we will one way or the other leave a legacy. Um, will have an impact on future generations, students, you know, um, in all of the different ways that you uh, live your life. Um, it's just to be decided if it's going to be a good legacy or a bad legacy, right? Still yet to be decided. But since it's Father's Day, I thought we'd look at the topic of leaving a legacy. And I want to start out, well, first of all, before we get any further, I want to say how awesome was it for the throwback? Did you guys enjoy the throwback? <clears throat> I really enjoyed it. Is Walter here? He's not here. Oh, we're going to have to talk about that. <clears throat> I'm teasing. We have, um, we have, I re I'll never forget us um, starting off in the, um, the hotel. We, Start off in the living room, and then we moved to our hotel in a, into a hotel and a hotel conference room. And on Sunday morning, <laughs> when everybody else wanted to sleep, they had a cahoon uh, right there, just boom to boom to boom to boom throughout the whole place. So on those Sundays, uh, sorry to say, they probably didn't get a lot of sleep, but I probably got they probably got a little bit something better. That's what I'm thinking. Amen. Um, <clears throat> but I want to try to do something different here today. We used to do this uh, a lot more whenever we were uh, younger, if you will, uh, when we first started. But I want to <clears throat> try something a little bit different here today. I'm going to have you text me. Everybody get your phones out. Um, get them out. And um, hey, this is your opportunity. I see some of you have your phones out usually and texting while I'm speaking. Um, this is your opportunity to do it with my blessing, okay? Just uh, get your phones out and, and, uh, and text me the answer to <clears throat> this question. And I promise you, we won't embarrass you. And I also want to say this. I'm not looking for levity here, okay? I'm not looking for jokes. Um, I am looking for uh, something serious. Uh, I believe this is a serious topic, so um, I'll just throw that out there. <clears throat> but I want you to text me your answer to this question. Um, when it comes to the end of your life, how do you want to be remembered? Start texting now. The lines will be open. For <laughs> but no, we'll give you some time to text. Um, and um, as you're texting, you know, we're not looking for a paragraph, just a couple words or whatever, just to kind of give you an idea, give us an idea of what your thoughts are. How do you want to be remembered? How do you want to be remembered? And they're going to put them up on the board here. Did I talk? Uh, I'm going to maybe go into some commercials while we're doing this. Um, did I mention um, we're having a men's retreat yet? Did I say that? <laughs> I'm teasing. Um, let's see where we go with this. Give you a minute, and then we'll move on. 
you hear this quietness? When we first started the church, <clears throat> Caroline, <clears throat> when we first started, our worship team would sing their guts out like they did right there. And this is the way it would be right, when we first started. Um, people just didn't understand, you know, what they were hearing. And that's what we wanted. We wanted to reach people that didn't know the Lord, the people that were, you know, unchurched in the community. And when they came, you know, that, that they were just maybe embarrassed or just didn't even know how to worship. And, and so over time, as you can see, um, people are getting with it. They're getting with it. All right, how are we doing? Are we close? We've got a couple. It, the revealing is coming. I feel it. You guys, you know, I, I see you guys text all the time. It's like that kind of, I don't know how you do it, but uh, let's try that. How we doing? Getting close? Put whatever you got. Did anybody say anything? Nobody. Oh, we do have some. We do have some. Okay, so maybe we have a technical glitch. We'll, we'll put them up later. We'll put them up later. <clears throat> all right. So um, you all know what you said. Everybody knows what you were thinking, so that's, that's good enough. But I want to say something here that the Bible has a lot to say about this topic. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 22, it says, A good life gets passed on to the grandchildren. How many care about that? Amen. Psalm 112 says, a righteous man will be remembered forever. So the thing is, is if we're talking about leaving a lasting legacy. How do you do that? And so I want to talk a little bit. I want to dig into the word of God today. I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about a, a few um, uh, qualities that I think that we find in people who are truly respected, truly respected in the world today. Now, I want to say that I feel like respect has kind of like gone by the wayside, to be honest with you, in a lot of ways throughout uh, as generation to generation to generation. I don't know how, if that's how you feel, but it just seems like that's the case. And, and if you want to build a lasting legacy, you need to build your life around these qualities, these character qualities that I'm going to share with you here today. Parents and fathers, uh, we are responsible to pass on these qualities to our kids so that they can then in turn turn it and, and pass it on to their kids and, and from generation to generation. If you're, listen, if you're counting on business partners or some people or friends that, that don't know the Lord to carry on your legacy, you're in for a big disappointment. I believe that. And let me say this to you. If you have children here today, you need to invest your life into your children Invest your life into your children and train your children up properly. It's not, it's not, listen to me, it's not the school's responsibility. And it's, by the way, it's not the church's responsibility either. It's your responsibility to raise and train your children. So let's get on with our first um, quality here that I want to talk about today. The first one is speak with integrity. Speak with integrity. In 1946, They've done it. They do an annual most admired men's list, if you will, in America. They'd open up like a survey, and people would respond um, to the name that was living in the world that they most admired. <clears throat> and while presidents and politicians and uh, football stars and baseball stars and all those kinds of and, and actors and actresses all would come and go off of that list, there was one man. There was one man that had been on that list every single year for 50 56 plus years. 
56 plus years. Either number one on that list, number two, number three on that list. And in 2012, when he was 94, he was number four on the list. Can you imagine at 94? Who was this? This was Billy Graham. Billy Graham. Billy Graham and his name on the list, uh, the most admired men for over 50 plus years. Because I got to tell you, why in the world would that be? If you think about it, why, why would his name be on that list? I mean, you would think that there would be so many. I mean, every year. I mean, every year. You'd think there'd be so many different people on that list every year. But you see, I think there are very few people who live with unwavering integrity, and that's why. Not to just take anything away from him, but I believe that that's the case. What is integrity? Integrity, I'm going to say, is composed of three different things. One is Telling the truth. Telling the truth. And I'm not talking about telling the truth whenever it's just easy. I'm talking about telling the truth when it's hard to tell the truth. Whenever what's going to come out of your mouth ain't going to be good, right? To the person who's hearing it. It's important that we tell the truth. The second one is keeping our promises. When you tell somebody you're going to do something, be there. Do it. I mean, does that bother anybody else when somebody says, yeah, I'll be there, and then you're like, uh, they're not there. That's one of, I would say, many people's pet peeves, I think. They don't keep their word. And the third one is always to practice, always to do what they say they believe in. So kind of practice what you preach. And the Bible has a lot to say about just those three things. Proverbs 17, 7 says, respected people. Remember where I talked about respect? Respected people do not tell lies. Now, maybe we find out why people aren't respected as much anymore. Respected people, the Bible says, do not tell lies. And I want to share something with you. It's Father's Day. I want to share it. I think this is an important thing. Um, you know, the fathers and, and dads are supposed to be um, the and not just dads, but husbands are supposed to be um, the spiritual leader. This is biblical. I'm not making this up. The spiritual leader of your home. Now, you know, just kind of check yourself about that right now, just in your own mind. You know, how, how are you leading your family today spiritually? And I want to say something here. Everybody say the word all. All, all leadership is built on one thing. And that's trust. Trust. You don't follow somebody you don't trust. And trust is built on truth. You don't follow anybody who doesn't tell the truth. So if you want to be a leader, you have to learn to speak the truth. Speak the truth. If you don't tell the truth, nobody trusts you. And if nobody trusts you, nobody's following you. So you're not a leader then. You're not leading. Why is it that when we look at our society, many of our leaders are held in such low esteem? And I'll tell you why. It's because they don't speak the truth and they don't keep their promises and they do the things that they say that they believe in or they don't do the things that they say they believe in. I was thinking about this in the past year. How many politicians had said, don't, made a list, don't do this, especially this last year. Don't do this and don't do that. And then you find them in the media somewhere doing exactly what they said not to do, telling everybody not to do. That's a lack of integrity right there. And as a result, nobody wants to follow them. If you want to build a lasting legacy, the starting point is a foundation of unwavering integrity. Unwavering integrity. 
Proverbs 25, 14 says, People who promise things that they never give are like clouds in a wind with no rain, like empty promises. You ever failed to keep a promise in your life? Nobody wants to admit to that. Let me jog your memory just a little bit. Have you ever said, hey, I'll, I'll return that when I'm done with it? <laughs> so when I moved, I returned all that stuff because <laughs> I had to get rid of it. No. <laughs> uh, hey, listen, I won't, tell, I won't tell anybody. You can tell me the secret. I won't tell anybody. How about this? The check's in the mail. I've said it before and had to, uh, no, really, I know that's what they say, but that's really in the mail, I promise. How about this with fathers? We can, we can play next weekend, son. We'll do, it, we'll do it when things settle down. We'll do it when things settle down. If you want to be a person of lasting legacy, you've got to keep your word. You've got to keep your word. Studies have shown the number one cause of resentment in children is parents who don't keep their promises. The number one resentment. Listen to me. You're, as parents, you're modeling, you're, you're demonstrating right in front of your child, you're modeling a lack of integrity to your children when you do that. And I'm not saying it's easy. It's not easy. But I am saying that um, we're not on our own, that God can help us through this thing. In fact, in Psalm 101, verse 2, it says, I will try to walk a blameless path, but how I need your help. Listen to this. Especially in my own home where I long, where I long to act as I should, where I long to act as I should. You know what? It's the most difficult to have integrity in your own home. You know why? They know you pretty well. They, they know you. They know all the faults and failures and all that kind of stuff. Fathers, here's a good definition of success. We, somebody asked about success and how you would define that, but here's a good one. Having those who know you best respect you most. It's easy to impress people from a distance, isn't it? <clears throat> they don't see you up close. They don't see those, those things in, that, that are raw, if you will, the raw you. But real integrity is when those who know you best respect you the most. And we've just covered the first quality that I'm going to talk to you about today of three. So I've got two more, okay? And each of these qualities, I want you to rate yourself today. I told you today's a little bit different, okay? We're going to, I want you to rate yourself. I'm not talking about thumbs up, thumbs down. In this case, it's going to be okay or needs work, NW. Okay or NW. Okay means I always tell the truth. I always keep my promises. Okay means I practice what I say I believe in. And NW just means I need some work. Second one, the second quality is serve with intensity. Serve others with intensity, with intensity. As a child, none of us grow up to aspire to, to grow up and be, oh, man, I want to be a servant. That's what I want to do. That's what I'm looking for. No, all of us, you know, want to grow up. We want to be celebrities. We want to be stars, football stars and, and, and baseball stars and winners and leaders and all that. But Jesus said, if you want to be great, You've got to learn, now listen to, this, listen to this, to be the servant of all. The servant of all. Servanthood, guys, is the second key to a lasting legacy right there. Proverbs 14, 22, you will earn the trust and respect of others if you work for good. And the fact is that most people only work for their own good. 
We work for our own dreams and our, and our own ambitions and our own goals. And you think about what you want. You think about your retirement, and that's, and that's what you think about. And that's why most people, listen to me, that's why most people never leave a lasting legacy. They don't serve others with intensity. They, I want to draw a distinction here. They don't serve others with intensity, but they may work, like they may work hard. They may work with intensity, but it's all about their own selfish gain and what, what it's about them. It's about getting for them. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 says, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. Be enthusiastic. Be eager to help others. Be ready to serve. Serve with all of your heart, with all of your heart. When I think about this serving with intensity, I always think about my dad. And I've, I've shared with you, uh, some of you, my, my story with my dad. And he's, he was 59 when he passed. And my father and my mother, both of them, they they, they, they were incredible servants of God, and, and, and they served others. And, and my dad, he was never a famous guy, was, but early in his Christian, like around 37 years old when he came back, really came back to the Lord, um, as, as an early Christian, he, he tried to do everything he could, you know, playing the drums, and he'd get involved in everything, everything. He'd lead this, and he'd lead that, and he's involved all over the place in and, and, and a bunch of different areas. And I, I, I'm not going to take the time to list them all, but at the same time he was doing that, he was actually uh, owning and running his own company, construction company, and they did everything. I mean, they did, you know, uh, roofs and, and, and uh, second stories and kitchens and baths and concrete work and Everything you can imagine, indoor pool, in-ground pools, everything that you can think of. And he was doing that while he was still doing all these other things in the church, leading and, and so forth. And then it came a time when somebody asked him to come pastor a church in downtown uh, Chicago. And he's doing this while he's still living here and he's still working and owning a business and running a business here in St. Louis. And he and my mother, my mother also worked and they traveled back and forth from St. Louis to Chicago and back every single weekend for three years. For three years, they, they had a service on Saturday night, uh, Sunday morning for, for Sunday school, Sunday uh, uh, morning uh, after Sunday school, they had a service. They'd all go out to dinner, then they'd had come back for a choir practice, and then they'd do a, a service late at night. And by the time they got out, it was 9, 30, 10 o'clock, and they had counseling to do afterwards. And then they would jet. They would get out of there as, as late as you know midnight sometimes uh, and be heading back to St. Louis uh, to go to work the next morning. And sometimes I would be getting up for for school the next day, and they'd just be coming in. They did this for three years, three years. <clears throat> and then they were asked to pastor a church in, in Maplewood, Missouri, where my brothers and my wives, we all watched him just serve with intensity. And one time, he was, he was terminally ill. Nobody knew it. He didn't even know it. And um, you could you know, tell his skin was turning yellow, and, and, and he's up there speaking, and, and he was so sick and and, and um, just as sick as a dog. But my dad didn't preach like I do. He, he preached with, um, with uh, vigor. Uh, he, he, he preached, he, he, he was, he was a, a worshiper. I mean, like he, he was very, very emotional, super intense, holler, runs, hop and skip and jump and all that kind of stuff. But I'm gonna tell you something. The reason why he did it was so grateful for the wrecked life, for the bondage that God had brought him and his wife and his kids out of. Um, and so... <clears throat> This day, he was so sick, and, and uh, he was uh, speaking this day, and, he, was, and he, he just couldn't worship. He didn't feel like he could worship the way he really was used to worshiping. And so um, Walter, as I mentioned, isn't here today, but he was just a young, young person in our church, and, 
And uh, my dad, he, since he couldn't worship himself and didn't feel like he could worship, he points down to Walter and he goes, hey, I want you to worship for me. It was so cool. My dad, my dad served others with intensity. What a legacy. What a legacy he left us. He served and literally gave everything that he had until he died for those people that he pastored at that church. And it makes, listen to me, when I think about this, um, how hard he served, how much he served with intensity, it, it, and, I, and I mean this, I, I really do, it makes my stomach sick when I think about the fact that he entrusted me as his youth leader um, and um, teaching his youth on Sunday mornings and um, and I would show up late and serve with such a lackadaisical attitude when he gave everything he had when he gave and served others and everybody with such intensity and to be honest with you I'm ashamed at it today what a legacy what a legacy he left us he left us I've come to the conclusion that there are no great people in this world, that there are only ordinary people committed to great causes and great purposes so much that they give their life for it, that they give their life for it. You, you don't have to be, you know, the head of the class. You don't have to be the brilliant one or the most wonderful, the most talented. You, you're probably not, but, but you can. Listen to me. What you can do is you can leave a legacy by serving, by serving with intensity. The tragedy today is that many people are wasting their lives on things that, well, they're just not going to last. In John chapter 6, he talks about this. Don't work for food that spoils. Instead, work for the food that lasts for eternal life. He, he's, he's giving us a principle here, Jesus is. He's saying, don't waste your time. Don't waste your energy. Don't waste your effort on stuff that's going to rot and spoil and go away. He says, but invest your life in things that last for eternity. Make an eternal difference. So what is it that's not going to last? I'll tell you what's not going to last. Fame and fortune, status and power and, 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 and pleasure. Everything that you have, I'm going to tell you something. Everything that you have is not going to last. You count it up. Everything, every dollar in your bank account. Some of you are going, it ain't any in there. It's already gone. But I'm telling you, everything that you have and you think that you own, why invest your entire uh, life collecting things, making the goal to get more and more and more and more and more things when none of the things that you're, you're striving for are going to last. I got this email from one of my best friends. The subject said, not so dumb after all. And the email had a quote in it. It said, I think everybody should get rich and famous and do everything they ever dreamed of so that they can see that that's not the answer. Signed, Jim Carrey. The Bible says two things will last, only two things. Only two things will last forever. The truth. The truth is going to last forever. Of course, that's God's word. The truth. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. It says the grass will wither and the flowers fade, but the word of God abides forever. So build your life on that. Build your life on that. 
That's going to last forever. The second thing that's going to last forever, and some of you are going to look at me sideways, is people. People. People last forever. Everybody is going to last forever in one of two places, heaven or hell. Only in one day, I'm going to tell you, your heart's going to stop, and this body is going to die, but that's not going to be the end of you. You were made by God to last forever. And I want to ask the question here, what do you, what, what do you, you, what you do, I should say, what do you do on earth here? And what you commit to on earth is going to determine where you spend your eternity. And, and I want to ask you the question here. Have you acted on the fact that Jesus loves you? Have you acted on the fact that Jesus suffered and died on the cross for you? For your forgiveness? Have you asked him to come into your life? To be your savior? I would like just for everybody to bow your heads and and close your eyes. Nobody looking around. And I'd like just, just to take a moment here. Just one moment. I want to give you the opportunity to do that. Why don't you do that? All over this building, anybody who's watching online, I'd like for you to do that right now. Let's just acknowledge him right now, right now where you are. He loves you. He loves you. He died that you might live with him forever. And I want to tell you something. He's your only, Jesus Christ is your only ticket to heaven. He's your only ticket to heaven. He's your only ticket. I want to encourage you today to invest in other people I want you to serve them. I want to love on them, help them, encourage them, help them get to know Jesus. How many of you could name the 10 people who won the Nobel or Pulitzer Prize? Name the, the last five Academy Award winners. You've already forgotten them. Name, name the MVP in football or, or, or basketball or baseball in the past five years. Yesterday's heroes we've already forgotten about. And they're not insignificant people. They're not second-rate achievers. They're at the top of their class. They're at the pinnacle of what the world would call success. But we don't even remember them. Can you remember the most important or impactful teacher in your life, in your school years? Can, Can you name a friend who helped you through a difficult time in your life? Can you name somebody who believed in your potential and it encouraged you to succeed? That second quiz is a lot easier, isn't it? Why is that? It's because people who make the greatest difference, who leave a legacy in your life, are not the most famous. They're not the most wealthy. They're not the most talented. They're not celebrities. The people who left a legacy in your life are the people who served you in love with intensity. They gave it up for you. If you want to leave a legacy, Serve other people with intensity. We all, we all want to serve God, but we don't want to serve other people. And I got news for you. That's the only way to serve God. That's the only way to serve God is to serve other people. That's how we serve God. Whew. Rate yourself on that. Your service, your, your, the way you serve with intensity, rate yourself on that. Okay or NW? Let's move on. The last one today is the quality that I want to talk about today is give with generosity. Here it goes. Here it goes. We're in church. 
we talk so little about this, but this is a very important, very important piece. I believe God wants, God is a giving God and he wants us to be like him. The Bible makes it very clear that we make a living by what we get in life, but we make a legacy by what we give in life. You, you will never leave a legacy unless you, you learn to become a generous giver of your time and your finances, your efforts, your energy, your talents. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 9, it says, Godly people give generously. Godly people give generously. Their good deeds will never be forgotten. That's leaving a legacy right there. When Andrew Carnegie died, they found in his desk, uh, Devin, a little uh, piece of paper. And where he had written out, because you tell us to do this, where he had written out his life mission. And um, as a young man, this is what he did. And I want you to take note of that. He, he wrote it out. He wrote out his life mission. And then guess where he puts it? He puts it in his desk where he goes to work every day and so that he can see it every single day. He writes it out and he puts it in his desk and here's what it said. I'm gonna spend the first half of my life making as much money as I can and I'm gonna spend the second half of my life giving it all away. And that's exactly what Carnegie did. In his lifetime, he gave away over $450 million. And that's many years ago. Many years ago. You've heard of Carnegie Hall and Carnegie Institute and Carnegie Foundation. We see his name still today all over the place. He, 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 gave, it, he gave it all away. He gave it all away. You know what? If he'd have kept it, we wouldn't even know who he is today. There's only one problem I can see with Carnegie's theory here is, how do you know when you're at halftime? Some of us, not because of age, may already be at halftime. I suggest we be generous now. Not at a point sometime in the future, but now. Now. Why should I... Why should I be generous? A number of reasons. I told you before, God wants you to be. And he wants you to be because he wants you to be like him, because he's generous. Another reason why is because you'll never be remembered for what you spend on yourself, but you'll be remembered what you invest in others. Another reason why you should be generous is, is that you're not going to be taking it with you when you die. We all hear that, but yet we still do it, don't we? Collecting, 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 get and get and get. And I'm telling you something, the real truth of the matter is, none of it's yours anyway. I promise you, you're going to leave it all here. God just loans it for you while you're here. Another reason why you should be generous is that you need to learn to, the joy of giving. Amazing things happen when you become generous. A generous man, the Bible says, will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. The more that you bless others, the more God, God blesses your life. You can call me a prosperity preacher all you want, but that's the word of God. You will never bless others more than God blesses you. God says, see if you can outgive me. I dare you. I dare you. It can't happen. Rate yourself on this one. Are you sharing with generosity? What kind of a giver are you? Are you a generous giver? Are you are a cheerful giver? Give yourself an okay or an NW, whatever it is. Since it's Father's Day today, as I wrap up, let me just say one thing to you dads. We often give our kids the wrong things. We often give them everything except for what they really want, what they really need, and that's you. They want you. 
and they want you to spend time with them. And that's how you make a lasting legacy. And I'll just say this for you that maybe if you don't, you know, um, have any children, spend some time with your dad. Do the reverse. And that's how we make a lasting legacy. What do I remember about my dad? Not so much how much he spent on me, but how much time he spent with me. What a legacy he left me. I want to tell you something. What an impact he made on my character. And the key is this. The time to be generous with your time, with your attention, with your finances, with your love is now. Here's some things um, to ask yourself as we close here. What will they say at my funeral? Shall we stand? What are they going to say at my funeral, at your funeral? I've been to a lot of funerals, a lot of families that lost loved ones. And there are some good funerals and some not so good ones. And the good ones, I'm going to tell you this, they've left such an awesome legacy that you can't possibly say all the good things in just one funeral about their life. Another thing that you can ask yourself here today, in one word, what will your legacy be? If your life is reduced down to just one word, what will your legacy be? Here's some choices. Godly. Generous. Family. Courageous. Loving. Caring. Passionate. So many people die and their legacy can be remembered in just one word. Here's some other choices. Pain and selfishness. How'd you like to be remembered by abuse or materialism? Rebellion, corruption, pride, addiction. Listen to me. Someday, someday, your name will be reduced to just one word. Someday. How do you want to be remembered? What impact do you want to make? What legacy will you leave? So I want to encourage you today. Everyone in here, I don't care what phase of life you're in. I don't care how young you are, the middle-aged, how old you are. I don't care what, what's going on in your life. I'm just going to say this. It's never, never too late. It's never too late to speak with integrity. It's never too late to serve with intensity and it's never too late to give with generosity and if you do those things you may not be successful in everybody else's eyes but you're going to be a success in the things that matter most in life shall we bow our heads close our eyes would you pray this with me um, in your own mind please just you know close your eyes and, and pray with me in your mind Lord Jesus, I love you. Thank you so much for all that you've done for me. Thank you for my father.
Father, I want to leave a lasting legacy. I want to be a person of great character. Not just, you know, just any old buddy. I want to be a person of great character, especially, especially in my own home. I can't do it on my own, Jesus. I need your help. Help me to live a life with integrity. Help me to always tell the truth and help me to to, to keep my promises. Help me to practice what I preach. I want to serve with intensity, Lord. I I, I don't want to live a selfish and self-centered life. I want to serve you by serving and loving on others. Help me to be generous, God, with my time and with my money, realizing it's all a gift from you anyway. Jesus, please use me to make a difference, to leave an awesome legacy, a lasting legacy in the lives of my loved ones, in the lives of my family, in the lives of my neighbor, in in the lives of this world. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.